Welcome to Life Turned On, where we share and celebrate the stories of sexual self-discovery in midlife and beyond. Society tells us women's sexuality ends once she reaches a certain age, her body changes, or even when she reaches certain milestones such as motherhood or menopause. They want to turn us off, but we are committed to living life turned on, full of pleasure, deep joy, and an authentic expression of self. Listen in as we share stories of women who are ditching old scripts to pursue their own path to pleasure in their lives and their sexuality. I'm your host, Shauna Stewart, and I want you to get ready for honest conversations, practical advice, and inspiration along the way, because here at Life Turned On, we believe that pleasure is our birthright and the time to claim it is now. Happy Hump Day. I'm Shauna Stewart, your host for Life Turned On, stories of sexual self-discovery in midlife and beyond. I'm so excited about this first episode. It is launching on my 40th birthday in celebration of a new decade and a belief that life just keeps getting better with age. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. I have been busy recording a number of guest interviews, which I'm so excited to share with you in the coming weeks. But today, I'm going to actually share my story of sexual self-discovery, part of it anyway. And it will be a little bit interesting trying to share all of this because putting into words something that was a lot more action, well, will be interesting. So not too long ago, I was the CEO of a nonprofit organization actively contributing to my community's economy and quality of life. Stress was once my constant companion, and I thrived on it to the point that it defined my identity. Adrenaline and cortisol were my good friends and felt so close to happiness. I live by the motto, bite off more than you can chew and chew it. With effective time management strategies and a hunger to succeed, I earned praise for my ability to do it all. My life seemed complete with multiple degrees, a successful job, accolades, a home, a loving husband and children, everything I'd ever dreamed of. But it turned out I wanted more. Eventually, I got sick. When the doctors told my husband to get our affairs in order, I finally had time to figure out what mattered most to me. Things like meaningful connections, deep intimacy, and genuine self-expression, all of which I had ignored and buried deep in pursuit of what I thought was having it all. I had unwittingly confined my vision of a fulfilling life to society's narrow definition of success, and this limitation extended into my personal life in such deep ways. In all that rise and grinding, working so hard to survive and thrive, I had forgotten to enjoy any of it, becoming very hard and closed off in the process. When I did try to relax and unwind, it felt forced and performative. Like when I do yoga, and instead of actually dropping into my body and being in the moment, my brain would just keep asking, am I doing this right? Or when I was spending sexy time with my husband, you know, when I wasn't too tired or overstimulated from the day's work, I was busy writing to-do lists in the back of my mind while also worrying if I had said the wrong thing in a meeting earlier that day. When we are so comfortable on the constant hamster wheel of life, it's terrifying to step off of it to rest. It feels too uncomfortable, too foreign, because our bodies and our nervous systems are so used to go mode. 
but getting sick and losing the ability to engage in all my previous pursuits gave me time to yearn for more, something far beyond the conventional norms. Rather than just checking the boxes of life, I wanted to live a life turned on. I wanted to actually feel alive and free and in awe, like I was living my life. But how could I actually feel that way, especially now that I was in so much pain? They say the body speaks, but I had stopped listening until I was forced to pay attention. With no medical solution to the pain, I eventually found this idea that pleasure is the anecdote to pain. What? I'd always thought that pleasure caused pain. This is what I'd been taught. Pleasure was a distraction, a temptation that only the weak gave in to. Sure, we can enjoy bits and pieces here and there, but it must be restrained or it could be dangerous. So pleasure as the anecdote to pain? Turns out there's a lot of science and woo to support this. So I got curious. One thing led to another, and I started to imagine what a life of pleasure could look like. I wondered if my definition of having it all was missing something, something really good, something like rest and pleasure. Being sick for so long, I had time to think and to dream, so I used that time to deconstruct old values and beliefs, shedding so many scripts I had unknowingly absorbed over the years. Things like my purpose being tied to production, and the more I achieved and people pleased, the more worthy I would become. Eventually, I built them back up from a place within me, a place that felt true. One of the biggest questions I ask myself during this time of healing is, what is pleasure? What is it platonically, and what is it sexually? But when I started to think about it sexually in true Shauna Stewart fashion, my vision got really big, really fast. I suddenly started to wonder what it would be like to have all the toe-curling sex in the world and to not feel bad about it. I wondered what it would feel like to have every cell in my body feel at attention and see how long that feeling could last. I wondered what it would be like to actually receive while being both in my power and in complete surrender. I wondered if it would be possible to not apologize for my needs and to let someone see all of me. Could they handle it? Could I? I was taught very early that my sexuality as a woman was to be restrained and that, in fact, it wasn't for me at all. In our culture, we're very happy to sexualize women, but we are very clear that sex is not for them. I was a barista for eight years, and I remember steaming milk under watchful eyes, trying to be as quick as possible, but always feeling like I needed to smile so as not to offend. I remember my first hostess job when the assistant manager put his hands on my waist and commented on its size. In my 20s, I participated in various church groups where I was told I needed to protect myself from men, that all they wanted to do was to get in my pants, it's just who they are. And when I got married, I needed to make sure he was satisfied because it was my responsibility to make sure he didn't stray. I was taught not to listen to my body, all those feelings were just hormones after all. Instead, rules and restraint would keep me good keep me pure. I was told it was impossible for men and women to just be friends, that women would always be sexualized, and that men could not be trusted. I remember working for a company where men would leave the door open when I met with them to manage perceptions. I remember getting written up for the first and only time in my career, blamed for not building relationships with upper management. 
Funny thing was, upper management was all men, and while they could hike mountains and play tennis with one another, they couldn't have coffee with me, not because I was doing anything wrong, but because apparently I couldn't be seen as just a professional. Eventually, you get to a certain point in life where you've been married long enough and had enough kids that you kind of become invisible. It's at this point in life we stop being sexualized and start being told we're not supposed to be sexual at all. We are the nurturers now, mothers, unsexy and without needs and wants of our own. If we have them, we'd better sacrifice them because that's what makes the best kind of mother. When a sexuality you didn't define is constantly used against you, the best thing to do is repress it. So I cut it off and shut it all down. I didn't want for anything because I figured it was going to be too much or too little. So for decades, I did everything in my power to ensure my motives and my integrity were never questioned. I got smaller and more shut off over time while trying to carve out space in this world through my identity and work and production and achievement. Those spaces, I could be big. I checked all the boxes, got the job, the house, the awards. I asked my audience what they wanted, and I worked to be that. But when I started to think about pleasure, I had questions, starting with, could sexual pleasure be for me? Not a performance or a duty or something I did because I felt I was supposed to. Could it be more than the small restricted sandbox we had been operating? Could it be safe? Could that sensual nature I'd buried for so long be the thing that could heal me, bring me back to life, and help me live a good one? As I mentioned before, eventually my vision for a life turned on. One filled with abundant pleasures got so big, and because this vision included a lot of great sex, I eventually had to share it with my husband. So, as I've done so many times before, I painted a picture of what I wanted for the future, the places I wanted to go, and the things I wanted to feel. Telling him all of this felt really scary because I'd never really talked to him about what I wanted sexually. I didn't because A, I didn't know what I wanted that whole time, and B, I certainly didn't have the skills to say words out loud without a tremendous amount of shame and embarrassment associated with it. When we did try to talk about it, he used words like moan and moist, and I nearly stabbed him in the eyes. When I told him that I felt I had so much potential for pleasure and I wanted to see where it all could lead, he was pretty stoked at first. But then... After a long pause and a lot of deep breaths for courage, I said the hardest thing I've ever said to anyone ever before. I told him that I wasn't actually sure that he had what it took to help me, that maybe we didn't. He was my person and I was deeply committed to him. I look forward to growing old together, but it also made me deeply sad in the core of me because I knew that this one thing that I wanted so much was might be the one thing that I would never get. We were both so practiced in my saying no, used to me shutting down and hiding in a pattern of resistance and repression, too tired and distracted by all the other responsibilities of life, the things I thought were more important. It's not that our lives were sexless, but we created patterns such that neither of us were really getting what we wanted and needed from our experiences together. We were We were protective and robotic, going through the motions because we thought we were supposed to. You can imagine that all of this was very difficult for him to hear. But as I look back now at this moment, I just hear him saying, and he didn't actually say this, but this is how I remember it. He said, 
hold my beer. It was in telling him my truthiest of truths that he was able to finally relax and feel hopeful for our sexual future together. He held my truth and he held all of me with so much strength and vulnerability. I felt safe and seen in the deepest parts of my soul and my loins for the first time in my life. In this, he stepped into a fuller version of himself as well. This conversation ended up serving as an invitation for him to show his own truths and desires and for us to finally see one another as truer versions of ourselves. This is intimacy. Over the past few years, we've actively prioritized pleasure in our relationship and has changed everything for us. Rather than a dangerous distraction, it is served as a life-giving energy that flows into every other aspect of life, with each of us becoming more of who we were meant to be, more free and loved. We'd always been such good partners in life and household stuff, and the best of friends, but being able to prioritize our sex life has unlocked such a deep connection and bond, such that even when we're not actually doing the deed, we are in deep, connected pleasure with one another. That conversation was the first of many bold cliff jump feeling conversations we've had together, but each time one of us reveals a little more, we grow closer. And today, while I've experienced sensations and emotions far greater than that of my original vision, and I feel unapologetic for asking for more, I still feel like we've only just begun. We were able to figure out that the way... I'd been asked to be touched for the last decade was not actually how I wanted to be touched at all. I learned to soften and surrender and let go of performance and perfection. After 10 years, I finally let my husband explore my whole body, a request he's had since the very beginning of time. Rather than seeing sex as one more thing on the to-do list, I see it as play, a time to be curious and have fun. We organize our lives in a way so that we're not overscheduled for play. If we're too busy for sex, we are too busy. Okay, so what is Life Turned On? I titled the podcast Life Turned On because I think it's so important to understand that every part of life is connected to every other aspect of life. I believe that our sexuality holds the key to a creative energy that impacts everything we do. Living Turned On is extravagant living. It's fresh flowers and frivolous stemware. It's dressing in a way that reflects your inner world. It's savoring the strawberry and only drinking the wine you love. It's treating yourself to little gifts, not because they're practical, but because they're pleasurable. Being turned on is freedom. It's joyful and authentic living. It's claiming our lives without apology. As women, we're conditioned to feel so bad about a lot of things. The thing is, when we always feel like we're tired or guilty or shamed, we're pretty easily controllable. A woman's pleasure feels scary to culture because a woman who is completely turned on and in her own power is completely unstoppable. When she gets out of that bath, relaxed, and as the most expressed version of herself, the world becomes more beautiful. 
Sex and sexuality are one of the hardest things to talk about. There's just so much shame and stigma involved, and we're never really taught how to talk about it other than the perfunctory conversations around reproduction and STI protection. Actually, I remember when I talked about opening linger and I made a joke about not knowing anything about sex or retail, and everyone's like, oh, you have two kids, you know about sex. Sure, I know about reproduction, but I didn't actually know anything about like sexual pleasure. But I believe that If more people can express themselves in the bedroom and then allow themselves to truly receive, people would show up so differently in this world. It's one of my hopes with this podcast that it might inspire some more conversations among friends and partners, that maybe when we strip away the shame and stigma, we can find beauty and power and connection. My vision is that together, we can challenge the societal norms that hinder us from embracing the true essence of life. Together, I hope we can foster an environment where we can freely express our truths, engage in candid conversations, explore with curiosity, and revel in soul-satisfying, life-enriching pleasures. By reclaiming our bedrooms and rediscovering the power of slowing down, we can reclaim our entire lives and make this world a more beautiful place in the process. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll tune in next time as we share more stories of women who are living life turned on. We're going to talk about the raw truths of what's holding us back and hear stories of women claiming pleasure as their birthright. And I hope, if this is something you want for yourself, that these stories will inspire you to do the same in your own way and in your own time. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this story, I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Please share it with a friend to keep the conversation going and leave a review. That would be super helpful. We invite you to follow us on Instagram at Life Turned On Podcast. And if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at stories at lifeturnedonpodcast.com. And the next time you're looking for lingerie or sexual wellness products, I hope you'll consider shopping at lingerboutique.com so we can continue to normalize rest and pleasure together.